0: Part two, Chapter thirty seven of Thus Spake Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche, Translated by Thomas Common. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. IMMACULATE PERCEPTION. When yester-eve the moon arose, then did I fancy it about to bear a sun, so broad and teeming did it lie on the horizon, but it was a liar with its pregnancy and sooner will I believe in the man in the moon than in the woman. To be sure, little of a man is he also, that timid night-reveller. Verily, with a bad conscience doth he stalk over the roofs, for he is covetous and jealous, the monk in the moon, covetous of the earth and all the joys of lovers. Nay, I like him not, that tomcat on the roofs, Hateful unto me are all that slink around half-closed windows. Piously and silently doth he stalk along on the star-carpets. But I like no light-treading human feet, on which not even a spur jingleth. Every honest one's step speaketh. The cat, however, stealeth along over the ground. Lo, cat-like doth the moon come along, and— dishonestly this parable speak i unto you sentimental dissemblers unto you the pure discerners you do i call covetous ones also ye love the earth and the earthly i have divined you well but shame is in your love and a bad conscience ye are like the moon to despise the earthly hath your spirit been persuaded, but not your bowels, these however are the strongest in you, and now is your spirit ashamed to be at the service of your bowels, and goeth by-ways and lying ways to escape its own shame: that would be the highest thing for me, so saith your lying spirit unto itself, to gaze upon life without desire and not like the dog with hanging out tongue to be happy in gazing the dead will free from the grip and greed of selfishness cold and ashy gray all over but with intoxicated moon eyes that would be the dearest thing to me thus doth the seduced one seduce himself to love the earth as the moon loveth it and with the eye only to feel its beauty. And this do I call immaculate perception of all things, to want nothing else from them but to be allowed to lie before them as a mirror with a hundred facets. O ye sentimental dissemblers, ye covetous ones! Ye lack innocence in your desire, and now do ye defame desiring on that account? Verily, not as creators, as procreators, or as jubilators, do ye love the earth. Where is innocence? Where there is will to procreation? And he who seeketh to create beyond himself hath for me the purest will. Where is beauty? Where I must will, with my whole will, where I will love and perish, that an image may not remain merely an image. Loving and perishing, these have rhymed from eternity. Will to love, that is to be ready also for death. Thus do I speak unto you, cowards." But now doth your emasculated ogling profess to be contemplation, and that which can be examined with cowardly eyes is to be christened beautiful, O ye violators of noble names. But it shall be your curse, ye immaculate ones, ye pure discerners, that ye shall never bring forth, even though ye lie broad and teeming, on the horizon." Verily, ye fill your mouth with noble words, and we are to believe that your heart overfloweth, ye cozeners. But my words are poor, contemptible, stammering words. Gladly do I pick up what falleth from the table at your repasts, yet still can I say therewith the truth to dissemblers. Yea. My fish-bones, shells, and prickly leaves shall tickle the noses of dissemblers. Bad air is always about you and your repasts. Your lascivious thoughts, your lies and secrets are indeed in the air. Dare only to believe in yourselves, in yourselves, and in your inward parts. He who doth not believe in himself always lieth. A god's mask have ye hung in front of you, ye pure ones. Into a god's mask hath your execrable, coiling snake crawled. Verily ye deceive, ye contemplative ones. Even Zarathustra was once the dupe of your godlike exterior. He did not divine the serpent's coil with which it was stuffed. A god's soul... I once thought I saw playing in your games, ye pure discerners. No better arts did I once dream of than your arts. Serpents, filth, and evil odor, the distance concealed from me, and that a lizard's craft prowled thereabouts lasciviously. But I came nigh unto you, then came to me the day, and now cometh it to you, At an end is the moon's love affair. See there, surprised and pale doth it stand before the rosy dawn, for already she cometh the glowing one. Her love to the earth cometh. Innocence and creative desire is all solar love. See there, how she cometh impatiently over the sea, Do ye not feel the thirst and the hot breath of her love? At the sea would she suck, and drink its depths to her height. Now riseth the desire of the sea with its thousand breasts. Kissed and sucked would it be by the thirst of the sun, Vapour would it become, and height, and path of light, and light itself verily like the sun do i love life and all deep seas and this meaneth to me knowledge all that is deep shall ascend to my height thus spake zarathustra notes by anthony m ludovici an important feature of nietzsche's interpretation of life is disclosed in this discourse as buckle suggests in his influence of women on the progress of knowledge the scientific spirit of the investigator is both helped and supplemented by the latter's emotions and personality and the divorce of all emotionalism and individual temperament from science is a fatal step towards sterility zarathustra abjures all those who would fain turn an impersonal eye upon nature and contemplate her phenomena with that pure objectivity to which the scientific idealists of to-day would so much like to attain. He accuses such idealists of hypocrisy and guile. He says they lack innocence in their desires, and therefore slander all desiring. End of part two, Chapter thirty seven, Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.